Hey, hey, hey out there. Welcome to the New World Podcast. I'm Greg Colossal, and we have quite a show for you today. We're very excited to have a longtime uh, professional person that I've admired from afar. Miss Stephanie Rivkin is here, also known as DJ Stardust. So we're going to get a chance to talk to her, and we're going to go through a lot of her um, ups and downs out there as a, as a DJ and all the things that have been happening between uh, 2019 and 2020. All of the artists' lives out here have been changed, so we're going to talk about all the ups and downs. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to me. That's Greg Colossal, and this is the New World. New World. New World. Hello, Steph. Hi, how you doing? Good. I'm glad you came out. Thank you so much for coming out. It's been a while to, for me because um, I've only knew you online and wanted to always know that I was really impressed with what you were doing, you know, through Facebook and stuff like that. So uh, it means a great deal that you came on the podcast. I finally am actually meeting you in person. We talked uh, for so long on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Steph, how long have you been a DJ? I want to kind of talk through that a little bit. Uh, I'm in my 11th year, and I feel like I should say 10th year again. <laughs> Why is that? To a repeat of 2020. I didn't really get to do anything last year, so it was like a year off. Right. Um, so yeah, it's technically my 11th year. And uh, what about is it, what about DJing that um, kind of brought you to it? Did were you at clubs in your younger years and loved it, or what? What made you want to run the party? Um. Well, I never came up with that idea on my own. <laughs> what do you mean? It just happened. Right. Um, so I was a young mom, and I was in college, and um, so on, on my nights out for fun, I would go sing karaoke. Oh, okay. And um, I became part of like a group of regulars that went to Starstruck, which was um, a very popular karaoke bar. And what town was that in? In Plainville. Okay. Yeah. It's Zen Bar is there now. Okay. Yeah. And it was also known as Deja Vu at one point, but. Over time, a lot of us would get together and sing on a regular basis. So um, I kind of had become, you know, part of that group. And then when somebody asked me to DJ a show for them, Mm -hmm. it was like I had regulars already that I could ask to come to my show. So it wasn't like starting from scratch. So right off the bat, I'd be coming into these bars and we'd have groups of people and it looked like you know i'm bringing all these people in which i guess technically i was you you really did um it was a group effort you know we all had fun together so with me as the host it was just like we just moved the show to wherever i was and then together a lot of us went from bar to bar and then over time people were like we want you to bring your friends to my bar and then you know next thing you know five years went by and then um, during those years of hosting karaoke at the bars, people were asking me to DJ private parties and birthday parties. And wow. It was very curious because I had no DJ experience. I didn't even have DJ equipment. I only had karaoke equipment. Sure. So, um, very different. Yeah. People <laughs> don't know. <laughs> I know the difference. Yeah, that's I look a, back. That's a huge difference. My first wedding I did was on uh, karaoke equipment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a really natural progression for everything. And it all started because I guess I had been supporting this one particular DJ show for a while. Mm-hmm. And whatever reason he asked me to do it, it ended up the bar was kind of in my backyard where I just moved. So it was like I was going to go there anyway. Now I'm going to get paid to go there. You know, they usually give you a free bar tab. So you're hanging out, you're drinking, you're eating, you're chilling with your friends. Right, right. <clears throat> and then you went from being one of the people hanging out to now running the show, which was um, very scary 
definitely my first day was laughable when I look back. Well, it's it's um I think when you're in public and you're the attention and people don't always know that's a special skill. That is a skill you either have or you don't have it. I don't want to sound so guillotine like cut off the head, but it's real. Like you can get better at it, but if it scares you, which it scares the majority of the population, then you probably won't be good at it. If it excites you, which most singers, obviously you're a karaoke singer, mm -hmm. then then it's different. People sometimes, uh, the, you know, the number one fear in the world is the fear of public speaking, which I find is that so funny. It's crazy <laughs> to me, especially if you've had loved ones with cancer and disease and all mm -hmm. this trauma. You're like, who who measures this? I'm right. way more scared of other stuff. But then again, if you have that bug, you know, I was five when I was doing Wizard of Oz on stage, so I. I am used to it. I was 41 years later. I still believe. Uh, I always tell everybody. My mom used to have to say, "Greg, just because you like everybody else doesn't mean that they like you." Yeah, because <laughs> I'm like, so hey, true. you know, I really love people, and I still do. And I must look foolish sometimes at, in my mid 40s and seeing a crowd being like, "Hey, <laughs> I'm not famous. I just love people." And so it's. I think if you have it, you have it. If you don't, you don't. But you have it. I could tell even online that oh, you had thank it. You. So uh, Stardust, where does that come from? That's is that um, are you uh, a mythical person? Uh, where where does that word does that word have any meaning to you? Yeah, so that's got a little story behind it, which I I, I kind of like to tell now because it's pretty funny. I want to um, hear it. Well, I was going through for a few years without with no DJ name, so I'm just you know Stephanie, you know DJ Stephanie. Oh my God, and this one guy every time he came in my gig would be DJ stuff and he would say it so many times I never want to hear that again um into the mic no just come into my gigs as drunk guy just be wasted and he right. would just say it so many times right. and you know so I really did want to have a persona because as a performer I know that uh, if I have a persona that I'm going into, then I'm not just me. And I don't have to keep in my zone of what Stephanie Rivkin would do. Because Stephanie Stardust can do all kinds of stuff I can't do, I'm sure. I'm still <laughs> learning. Um, but that's real stuff. Like that, now you know the true nature of stage names. Mm -hmm. And why? Because when you are, we're human. And then we also present ourselves constantly to the public. There is a little difference. That really isn't us 100%. That's just you get to watch us. Mm -hmm. When we're really great and loving and amazing, that's us. When we're crummy and bad, that's not us. We just had a bad day. <laughs> so you, I, I, I used to struggle with it, and my name, I like my name, Greg Colossal. It's pretty, it's natural. It's my real name. But I'm starting to think I might want to invent, at this point in my life, a new name, a new identity, so mm -hmm. that I could have some cover for myself in a way yeah. not that I have some idea what I want to present I don't know if there's this new guy ready to go but I am learning but I you know I do acting and I do different things so but I'm st I'm really I'm really thinking about it and that's why uh that's kind of why I think we talked why I, I named my business without my name Backbeat City was they called me Mr. Backbeat to, to make sure that I wasn't seen as the only reason you go to the business but when you're a lone DJ, well, you actually you weren't alone. Tell me about Royal Beats. How did that, what was that invention? Um, so I wanted to switch from being a karaoke host oh, business okay. to the wedding industry because my background from college was hospitality. So I came from oh. hotels and wedding and meeting planning on right. boats. I, I did that. and You were on cruise ships? 
Uh, I was on private yachts for a while. Really? But also, I worked on the Camelot cruises oh, when yeah. they had like the murder mi- murder on the Connecticut. Oh, yeah. Were they any, <laughs> was that any good? I didn't know if they were. It was awesome. Yeah, I don't I mean, remember. the food was terrible, but. Um, yeah, so I wanted to just switch it up from karaoke to wedding, and I was brainstorming with my with the girls that I had wanted to, to be in the business with me, and we were going to be an all-female DJ service. Mm-hmm. And um, we were throwing words around, and then at one point we, p- we pulled up like a auto generator on the online for okay. something. And, and then at the time when the word popped up, the song uh, Royals by Lord had just come out. Mm-hmm. And then I just remember going Royal beats. And, on, and then it was like, we, they loved it. We all loved it. And I think it came down to me being the final say because it was my business and they were coming in on it with me. Um, it kind of just fit. And then I had an image in my head right away. And then everything really just pieced together like perfectly. Um, as far as my logo and then photographers and images and my website, everything just kind of, I just like happened. Like right. it was like magic, you know what I mean? Like right. once it was set in motion, everything just fell right into place. So, um, it was really just meant to be because my path, you know, like I said, wedding and meeting planning and hotels kind of was where I was taking myself. But then that host saying, do you want to host a show for me? led to me one show in, in that backyard little bar led to me having my own business. So it's right. kind of just like a long story from beginning to end, but lots of time and effort in between then and now f- right. and all the changes and all the different um, goals I had to set. And then I'd meet the goal and then I'd set a new one. And it's kind of just come a long way from where I started to where I wanted to take it. And I'm still not sure yet where it's going to go. I might even take it out of state. Right. <laughs> We all, uh, just so you know, every, I shouldn't say every, but myself creatively as well is, are, I'm unsure of where I'm going, what I'm doing, where am I taking this thing? Mm-hmm. We could thank COVID for that pretty much. I, I don't think it was Trump or Biden. I think it was COVID. You know, it's so strangely, and I don't want to be anti-COVID, but I am a little anti-COVID, just I a touch. I think everyone should be anti-COVID. Right. Well, you know, because <laughs> when people, the you know, the um, what do you call it, the... Um, when you have affection for people and then they get COVID and they suffer, they don't want to hear from a guy like me who's who doesn't like the disease and wants to not be so. There are trouble. no diseases that anyone likes. So I know. I know. It's just <laughs> I'm not hard. sure. I just COVID is a tough. It's it's just a different situation and it's messing everything up for everybody. So I don't think there's anybody who's pro COVID. Um, right. But I think everybody should be, you know, empathetic to people who catch it and yeah. sympathetic. I guess I guess my my uh, assertive behavior around COVID rubs some people the wrong way because I I live with Lyme disease. I've lived with it for my whole life. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I want every dog in the world to be put down. A dog is dangerous for me. I love dogs, but if I get a tick from a dog, I'm in trouble. I could die. I don't want all the dogs to die. Right. I live in a in a dangerous world. And I don't want everyone else to suffer because I'm scared of a tick. But that's not how everybody lives. They would actually say, how dare you get your dog near me? I could die from your dog. How dare you? But that isn't me. I would probably be happy to die from a dog. (laughs) There's lots of the worst ways. But I've been living this way my whole life, and a lot of people don't. So I'm a little bit more, you know, understanding. And I don't, like I said, I still go to the Humane Society with a friend and I pick up cats. I love animals. I love them. But if a tick transfers and I don't even know it, I'm so big, I can get bit and not even know, then I'm in trouble. Well, in my 
unpopular opinion. I think that everyone is entitled to be selfish in their own way in their life. What's well, best so for you isn't necessarily best for me, and I'm right. not in any position to tell you what you should do, and right. neither are you to tell me what I should do. So right. live your life, let me live mine. Right. People are always going to die. That's a true story, and right. that's not COVID-related. On a regular basis before COVID, I would say that the level of care toward people who died on a daily basis was at like a maybe a z- 0 to 5% care level, mm-hmm. whereas now everyone's on high alert, And now everyone cares about everyone who's dying every single day. Whereas before, you just lived your life. And now you're selfish if you just live your life. So Well said. You know, you can't stop living your life for people who are going to die because I can't see how that's beneficial to anybody. So, um, you know, when when you see a state like Florida that's open and everyone's kind of just doing their own thing and then you have people up up here who are kind of, I want to say we're brainwashed a different way because of what they're putting us through. Mm -hmm. Um, And everyone's looking at Florida like they're selfish and they're looking at us like we're out of control. I mean, I'm sorry, we're looking at them like they're out of control and they think we're too in control and we need to just live our lives. So it doesn't really matter. If you think you need to, like for me, I think I need to move to Florida where it's open, uh, where it would be beneficial not only to my health, but my business, my finances. Um, Which they all, with with all due respect, they all kind of connect. They do. In other words, joy, living, freedom, uh, being uninhibited, all, and you're an entrepreneur. That's very important. Um, public gathering is how you make your money. I'm in this. I'm exactly like you, just a different skill set. Mm. It is a. It, it's all connected for people like us. Um, mental health, uh, physical health, they're all one big circle. Yeah. And I, I don't think you're wrong when I, when you say. You know, if Florida is is Florida a place that you would move to for real? I, mean, I was you, looking to move to Florida yeah. prior to COVID, and uh, I just like the weather down there better. I like the idea of being out living every day as opposed to you know hibernating six months out of the year. So this no, Steph, I just said it today to the landlord to my the guy that's on the house. I said I haven't seen snow in three years. I've been in California, right? And I came back for whatever reasons. COVID brought me back because. It really decimated my life. I wanted to be closer to where I knew people. This snowing and th- it was, it's beautiful. And it's cool that you came here for a podcast, but it is so isolating. When you're single, it's like, suit. you got COVID, that's isolating. Then you get snow. It's too much for me. It's like, I don't really like myself that much. I'm not that, <laughs> in, I'm not in the mirror like, I'm great. Now I'm going to write. Now I'm going to do push ups. Now I'm going to film myself working out and put it on Instagram. I, I dream of liking myself for 24 hours a day, every day, that I'm so into myself. I could be alone and be like, tomorrow I will cut the cucumbers. And, you know what I mean? I just don't have it. I love people. I get lost in community. And snow is just, I think Florida, I think you might be convincing me to move to Florida. Well, I think that with COVID destroying our mental health over right. the course of a year, that heading to Florida is um, is more of like a, a break, <laughs> not only from the from the weather, but just, I guess, from the isolation, from everything else that's going on, you know, up here where we're not really allowed to go anywhere and do anything. And it is lonely. And I, I love my own company, to be honest with you. I could be alone a lot. That's because you're a mom. See, I, when <laughs> you, you've already given your life away to people. For 20 years, probably. I've never done that, so I'm sick of myself. Uh, I'm like, oh, let me just tell you what I think about this. (laughs) I'm so sick of myself. I'm ready to, like, sacrifice for the well-being of others. I'm bored of myself, but maybe that's why. I don't know. 
Well, I would say over time, we're all going to get sick of ourselves. I mean, <laughs> as entertainers, I was just talking about how we're, we're not, I'm not much fun by myself. That's I'm right. fun when I'm in the company of other people in their energy. And sometimes the, the mix of drinking and the music and the atmosphere makes us all fun together. Right. Um, but sitting alone at home, I'm not in my camera either saying, hey, look at me sing karaoke. Hey, look yeah. at me. Um, you know, whatever. I did a little bit of that when COVID first came out. I feel like Facebook was kind of like a big old talent show and a free for all. We, I think we needed each other. We were like, hey, I'm over here. Hey, yeah. You know, we, we were, that was a scary time. I did it. I was filming like crazy and making stuff up and I invented characters. I was Hasha, the apocalyptic <laughs> DJ, anything so that I could be myself, even mm. though I was alone in, in the building. Yeah, I mean, performing is what we want to do, but at the same time, it's like when you're in your home with a camera on yourself, oh, sometimes I just look at the camera and I just laugh at myself at how stupid I feel. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I've, what right. am I doing? I'm not, you know, 12, like these, right. you know, these other people who are doing the same thing, but at the same time, um, what else is there to do? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm having a really good fun, fun, uh, fun time with TikTok yeah. and doing these silly, mostly stoner videos right. and just laughing at how there's literally nothing else to do in life. But for me right now, um, well, I have some things to do, but in my <laughs> spare time, <laughs> you know, maybe smoking a little bit of pot and yeah. making some TikTok videos isn't going to be the end of the world for me. Right. Well, so. as you've worked hard, we're all we're all in this limbo where we can't believe that COVID and unemployment and not making any money. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm so I think I'm, I can't I mean, I, it sounds selfish. I'm traumatized. I am slightly traumatized from this because. I've been the king of my castle for a long time. Mm -hmm. It just means that I know that anytime I needed to make a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks or more, I could show up with a piano and convince somebody that I could make their their night better or mm -hmm. something. That's a skill I'm proud to have developed, as you have one too. I went to school and blah blah blah, practice and it's been around for thousands of years, music. But they said, whoever they are, the government and medical professionals. That's illegal. This is bad. Not for like a couple of weeks. We're going on a year now. And uh, I'm, I'm, part of me is confused. It doesn't just go away. I still wake up thinking I'm entitled and allowed to be the man I want to. I mean, I literally want to almost sue the government because my degree is in choral directing. So that's choir. That would mean gather people and open their mouths. But they're mm -hmm. saying that's illegal. It was a state school run by the government. I gave them money to achieve this conquest. And now I have this degree. And they're saying, no, 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 no. This is how crazy they're making me. I'm like, oh, maybe I could sue the government. <laughs> they lied to me. They took away my right to perform the skill they charged me to have. This sounds crazy, but this is how you think when you're not making any money for a year. I've had crazy thoughts this year. You're like, why would they do this? That's why I have a little bit of conspiracy in me, a little bit more than just the disease and Trump and Biden. I, I know, I've seen behind the curtain of some dark shit in my life, and the system included, and I know uh, you're naive to think that we, we operate like the Wizard of Oz, like <laughs> Dorothy. You know, if you really believe that, you're, you're not aware, and it's okay. But the truth is, I, I see, I do see some shady stuff, and they're affecting. Imagine, I mean, think about it, Steph. They said you can't go to church. 
but you could stuff a tin tube 30,000 feet above the earth at 500 feet, three seats deep. You can fill up an airplane at 500 bucks a seat and fly six hours. You can't go to, in a tube going 500 miles an hour over the earth. I did that, and I didn't catch COVID. But you can't go to church. I know, spread it doesn't, out. It doesn't <laughs> make sense, which is why I think that's contributing crazy. to the, the deterioration of everyone's mental health is because when things don't make sense, mm-hmm. it will literally drive you nuts. That's so right. the more and more things don't make sense, the right. angrier people get. And then they don't make the best decisions, and they're not thinking clearly because of all all the stuff going on in their brain. So you have to disconnect from all of it, all the stuff that's not fair. You have to think of yourself as Alice in Wonderland these days mm-hmm. where everything is the queen's way and the queen's way is absolutely freaking insane and right. nothing makes sense. I mean, just that's according wh- to the movie. But Steph, that's a really good advice. I can't believe the way you just said that. That is exactly what just happened. You are in a rabbit hole. <laughs> off off with your effing head if you yeah, don't do this. Right, and it is very off with your head everywhere you go, whether you have your mask on or the people who don't want to wear the masks want the heads off of the people who want them. to, And it's literally everything is a battle, uh, whether it's vaccines, masks, politics, religion, freedom. I mean, people are literally arguing over whether or not we should have freedom. Can you believe that would ever be an can argument? You, can you expand on that? What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, I I'd would say, lose my mind if somebody said that to me. Well, what do you mean? Can you expand a little bit? I have bit? A, a friend of mine in the industry who is... He he was running a photo booth company, and now he's a liber- He's running the Libertarian Party, and he's becoming a a very public figure, and he's putting himself on the line for religious purposes, vaccine purposes, and I just see him and his wife and his family contributing to the discussion and the debates. And I'm not, I'm not doing any of that. Well, you mean publicly, and yeah, well, because it's unsafe. Um, it's really unsafe right now. Well, I've done it before. I've taken those stances and I've I've stood my ground and said what I had to say in in my story and the way I feel but no one cares when you don't when they don't agree with you they don't care about your story and your reasons they just want you to think like them now damn it right, right. <laughs> so yes, ma'am, right. um no one all these debates are not going to end. You can't force the other side to do what you want them to do because you want them to do it. You're not God. No one gave right. you the authority to make decisions over a whole group of people that have nothing to do with you. Just mind your business. Well, we when we when you say you used to tell your story, mm-hmm. you I'm, I was the same way, and I and I'm going to tell you that if if you don't mind me um, hypothesizing, we have been cut off at our knees. We are not as big. And socially, as we once were, which was a blessing and um, a gift for our talents. We didn't go, please hang out with me. Please come to Backbeat City. Please hire, you know, DJ Stardust. We grew. Mm-hmm. The, the world let us grow because in an independent free market, cream rises. And we were cream. I watched your career just online. I said, look at her go. That's why I was, so, I was always trying to be positive with the comments. Don't stop. Keep going. Because you were strong, and not only were you strong, other people saw that you were strong. I still never heard you DJ, and then you <laughs> and you got bigger, better, probably made a little bit more money, had more gigs. The same thing happened to me in my world of music and teaching and show choir and school. I was cool and bigger. Now we go, huh? Well, this is how we feel. I'm a DJ, a self-made DJ, and this is how I feel. When they cut our legs off, it does something to us. 
the government, COVID, medical professionals, whatever did it that said no more fun, no more gathering. Stephanie, you are not that person right now. That's going to affect what you think is people not listening to you, people not caring, because it seemed as though everyone cared, because there we are making a lot of stuff happen in the public with hundreds, sometimes thousands of people. Mm -hmm. But they did that to us. And that's what I'm saying is we, we have a right to say stuff. It isn't going to be liked or heard. I agree with you. The queen is chopping people's heads off. I mean, it's, it's the scariest thing I've ever seen when I think about our country or our vibe, our community, um, but you're not wrong. Like, people don't care, but they only don't care because our depression level, our anxiety level, our creativity is smashed, our freedom is smashed. They care when they're free beings. They can go, oh, well, you know, Steph has a good point. They're not so angry. We are angry now. We've been angry for a year, probably longer. Trump, I'm sure, mixed the pot and by all this political stuff, it's just... It's coming out now very differently, and I, I'm the same way as you, where I still want to say what I want to say, but um, I don't even care who's listening anymore. I want to leave my 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 back, you know, my story, because I'm not changing because everyone else is changing. I want to be true to myself and show you that it's a symptom. The world has symptoms to sickness, and that sickness was brought on by all of this stuff, and it's sad. I mean... There's been the depression in wars. We're not, we're not, you know, supposed to be protected from something, but this is the strangest group of shit I've ever seen, man. Yeah, but now the same time where I felt like I spent a whole entire year being depressed, which I did, That's and it? I just say today that I'm so mad at myself for wasting all that time. Right. But now looking back, I see that it wasn't just COVID. Right. Um, I think COVID forced us to look at you know life circumstances mm -hmm. and maybe make some changes, but. I saw once, you know, as your example, they cut some of us off at the legs. Some people like octopuses and like starfish and grew back some other legs right. and they grew um, like some of them like huge followings on Instagram and TikTok mm -hmm. and they are really just killing it. And some right. people are on Twitch and they're um, they're live every week and they've they've gathered these people together in these chat rooms and they're really creating these environments that really if i could have gotten my head out of my ass earlier i could have been doing that which feels good and instead it does. It does. i was like i need to know everything about covid i need to know everything about politics let me just wrap my head around everything that's going on and still trying to be positive and that was so stupid because you can't you can't it's either one or the other do you mm -hmm. want to focus on you know growing a following and maybe creating some music online and, and getting that atmosphere that we're missing and lacking or do i want to stick my head into CNN and Fox and Facebook and news feeds and all that garbage. And finally, when I made the decision to maybe just set some new goals for myself again, mm -hmm. the depression kind of started to lift. Right. And now I'm starting to feel a little bit lighter, happier, um, focused. Mm -hmm. But it took a really long time. I had to get sick of being depressed, too, because it was like, how long can I live like this? Right. you got to be sick and tired <laughs> of being sick and tired. Yeah, right. it's I've pretty, been there before. I got it, out of it once. So. It comes and goes. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not a fool to think it's not going to come back again. Sometime. You know, I want to live another 40 years if things go well. So I know now that it comes and goes. I guess what um, I, I'm, an I'm, I'm a little bit embarrassed because this taught me that I'm a workaholic. Mm -hmm. that I have an addiction to my identity as a working person. Again, I don't have kids or a wife or anything uh, that would make sense to focus on. 
the uh, and it, it all it COVID as you know as a bachelor making your own money owning your own business being in charge. It, I can't lie, man. I was king of my castle. And when you make money, it's kind of cool because then everyone's getting paid well or they're happy. No one's hurting because there's enough money coming in. And you're able to invent ideas and make choices. And it's just, it's America at its finest to me. Mm-hmm. Dating, it's fun. You're like, well, I'll date you. And I'll. But then all of a sudden what happened was COVID's quarantine made me realize that I focused on, I didn't focus on the right things. I really mean that. I loved a lot of children. I raised a lot of children. They're not mine. So during the quarantine, they don't come by. I mean, many students are very loving to me. I'm very lucky. But I put all my eggs in one basket, and I learned a horrible lesson when this came. They cracked all my eggs, and no one cared that, uh, you know, I had all, you know, I was crying. (laughs) My eggs are cracked. So you're 100% right is what I'm saying. I just didn't want to learn that lesson that way. I, I wish somebody could have taught it to me more gently instead of the government going like, <laughs> you can't even make a dollar, buddy. If you go out and sing, we're going to have you in trouble. You're, right. You're, you're, Figures you're, I'd pick that profession because I'm a rebel like that. Right. That's what I said. <laughs> Let's I go, freaking sing. I was like, the, the biggest, the most dangerous man around is the choir director. You know, they've, <laughs> been, making, they've been making fun of choir boys my whole life. What are you, a choir boy? I'm like, yo. I could have all you killed if I bust my choir out right now. You, you know, know, we're not gang leaders, but if they sing at you, you're all dead. So I had to, I had to spoof it somehow, but you're not wrong. You're not wrong. To have the courage to reinvent yourself is exactly what you're supposed to do. And you probably did it in personal ways where mm-hmm. I'm working on my personal, my whole life. Professional came slamming down on me like, I'm a nobody. I just sit in my house. So the podcasts are helping me kind of realign my thinking and I mean, I could write songs, and, and I do, and I, but they're not, there's nobody here. I could sense that they're not moving me because mm-hmm. I, there's no one here. So, but that's just me. So um, you, in 2017, you landed a pretty cool award, I think, which is great for business because it's, it's like a stamp you can put on there. Well, um, can you tell me what that was? I can't remember them all. Yeah, that was the um, Best of Hartford Wedding DJ Award, and that was for the Hartford Advocate. Or, well, it, I think it changed from being the Hartford Advocate to Hartford Magazine, but um, it's an award that I didn't ask for mm-hmm. or ask anybody to vote for me for. It was just like, I just won it. I got a phone call, and I thought it was fake. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I'm like, I didn't know I was up for any award. And to be honest with you, the funny thing is... I got that call early, um, I think early 2017, but I just made like my first vision board prior to that. And on there, I wrote, well, I didn't write it. I cut this thing out of a magazine that said the award goes to. Nice. And as I'm putting it on my vision board, I'm thinking to myself, what the hell kind of award can I win? I don't do anything. Right, <laughs> like right, I'm just right. this little wedding DJ, right? And so then I started to see like, um, kind of like the magic in putting vision boards together and mm-hmm. setting goals and all that stuff. And so I, I kind of, after I won that award was like, you know, it feels great to win an award. And it was kind of, I don't really like to be a person that brags, but, um, I remember just seeing it everywhere you went. If somebody won that award, it was in their, their shop window, you know, and right, some people right. would win it year after year and you know, that's gotta be a good spot. Mm-hmm. So, um, not that I like to brag, but I did love to put it on my website, and then it's not—it's not bragging when you bragging is when you talk about something that you don't deserve to 
get accolades for that you want people to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. It's not bragging, Steph. You've worked really hard to get a, no offense, but a little stamp. It's just a logo that is a, an agreement from other people that said you did a great job in Connecticut. It's, um, you're, you're far from a bragger, buddy. You're, you'd have to try really hard. So keep, keep trying. You Thanks. sound good talking about it. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to win, especially this past year, because I saw some names what does that mean, Steph? What do you mean? I you saw, saw some names in there that I thought shouldn't have been there, and I thought, well, if their names are in there, I'm definitely gonna have to beat them. Right. So you have a level of of confidence in your work. Well, not only that, but it was just like an ego thing. Yeah. My ego came out and was like, "You better beat this person." Wow. Yeah. And then I, I won second place, which was better than than nothing, right? Right. So sometimes I feel like I don't care at all about having an award, and then then a little bit of a competitive part of me will come out and be like, well, Hey, you know, you're better than this person. You know what I mean? Or you're, you can do better than this. And then it's just maybe like a, it's just to show myself. I'm not really in competition with anybody, but me. Most artists understand that. That's what I tell everybody. Artists are in competition with themselves. Mm -hmm. It's just how it works. I, I, that's why I love the art. Sports is awesome. And I'm sure it's the same with athletes as well in some way. But they have to work. The team has to win. The team, you know, you want a higher number. It's not as, you know, the, the, the actor, the singer, there's a lot of, there's a lot of private, um, private time for performers where they're, they're I always say they're more, co- you know, you want to cooperate more than you want to compete. You want to be as cooperative mm-hmm. as you can in a situation. So I don't know how it works for DJs, but in music, you know, I got a, the band, the drummer, the guitarist, the sound man, the, we have to, co- I can't be like, I'm amazing, just follow me. We all see those people, and yeah. you hate them within minutes, and you almost feel bad for them. They're not attached to the same room that everyone else is in. But um, artists, I, I believe that's the that's where we struggle, and we feel so much pain. That's where you could find our kind of our dark side, because as we don't achieve, as we don't climb, or whatever it is, we can fall into, you know, a little bit of an abyss, and I think it's good if you don't, but I do all the time. Well, I think it's it's great if you work really hard and you win something, but I think that to think that it comes easily to the person who won it really just... Oh, I, you mean that's a horrible thing to think. Yeah, I think some people think they can just win an award because you did, or they can do this because you did. You know, I saw a oh. lot of that when I first started. Well, she's setting up her own stuff. She has her own, so I could do this too. And then... Which should be an act of empowerment. Like, yeah, go ahead. Go I, ahead. I, I want you. Yeah. I, with all due respect, I don't have any, you know, hate for you. Of course you can. Please don't hurt me or copy me or take my stuff or steal my customers or come too close or ride mm-hmm. my coattails. <laughs> I, I, we all have. But, yeah, of course, this is why our country's cool. Go and be a DJ. I agree with you. Yeah. But what's the reality? So the reality is when you do those things, you attract people who become jealous of what you're doing even though like we just said we're not competing with anybody but ourselves like we just want to be the best that we can be and maybe we just want to prove you know that you know we can be better than people think we are or something I don't know for something to feed our ego but people that get jealous of you try to come into your world and manipulate and they will try to wreck what you've built for their ego Steph, I can't believe you're saying this. I, that really is what happened to me. It, and I don't even know where to begin. I'm stuttering. I'm all, I got a little tears in my eyes 
because I didn't know that those people existed. And mm-hmm. I would never, now I'm going to add a little bit of component of mine is there's children. We're not just making music and having drinks and there's no drinks at all. It's it's making music with children, dancing, choreographing, and just celebrating life. That's really, I mean, I was, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. So I was shocked when I saw the eyes get locked on me. But it was also had something to do with the fact that we were making money. We were the biggest we ever were. I just sent a kid to Hollywood. He was the star of um, uh, Growing Up Fisher, which lasted two seasons. He, I got him performing. He went from Backbeat City to Hollywood and signed a contract. He was the star of a show. I was proud. I'm just his teacher. And then I that I started to attract these false friends, mm-hmm. which yeah. I don't think of myself like, oh, I'm a dude who gets you to Hollywood. I'm just a guy. But I, they saw me very differently, and I... I ne- I still haven't recovered, Steph. It's been six years. I don't know if I'll ever understand how. But is it a girl thing? Because it was girls who did it to me. Guys, uh, no, guys, it's not don't, just no? girls. Okay, yeah. Um, the, in my experience, it. I'll say I had three experiences. All of them involved women. One of them involved a woman and a man. Mm-hmm. But they all involved me leveling up past the nonsense they were trying to put me through. Because either I could have gotten dragged down to where they were trying to bring me. Mm-hmm. Or I could just rise above it and continue to be professional. And right. and that's what I tried to do. You know, I had a really good example in my dad who had his own business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I never even knew my dad's own political opinion. You know what I mean? Sure, he just kept sure. everything private. And, you know, if you think about the older generation, they'd never go online and just oh. stick all their problems for everybody to see. It just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> and here we are willingly asking everyone for their two cents and that's the stupidest thing we could do Mm -hmm. and I admit I I sometimes would seek attention from what was going on because it's like well what do I do because this is what I want to do you know what I mean like the one side of me would want to like get out a bat and whack somebody and the other side of me is like do I call the police and the other side of me is like just ignore everything and it'll go away yeah so um I'd say over the three different uh I guess like sabotage attempts. Um, I didn't let anything bulldoze me. And I'm, I'm impressed. I'm so embarrassed of myself sitting with you. Well, you know, <laughs> I got. I, I've never seen evil like this. Though. You have to get bulldozed a few times. Yeah. Well, again, I think you've you've probably learned your lesson mm-hmm. in, your, in the decades before. I never did. I never had anyone target me, or I just don't see myself yeah. as being a person of that kind of value. Neither did I. I don't think any of us do. It's just I'm like me. I would say <laughs> I'm not even. I'm a show choir guy. Like, don't you want to target your girl? Don't you want to bring down the oil mogul or the gas company guy or the rich guy? I sing songs with kids. You know, but sometimes they, you just set something off in another person, and it doesn't have anything even to do with you. You well, didn't do I, anything. I, I see the learn love in that phrase that I made up was to help everyone understand that when you are with people, that you have to understand where they've been mm-hmm. to understand how yeah. to love them and. And um, I, I'm proud of that. I'm, I had to do it with my dad. My dad came from a horrible place, and I loved him. So I taught it in school, and our, and our, and our, and our backbeat city was built on it. Uh, however, one thing I never knew is that some folks whose pain is through the roof take an opening like that, and they, they go in, and they have bad intentions mm-hmm. to control, to change, to... Life isn't this sweet, Greg. Take off the rosy glasses. You don't, you know, who do you think you are? They want to bring the false stuff to it, like as if it's real. And you're like, I don't, 
you don't even know that you feel that way, but it was the scariest and still is the scariest thing that's ever happened to me because it was masked with all due respect in a beautiful woman. So it came to me and I was friends and, uh, but then I didn't realize that I must've been slowly hurting somebody, hurting her or hurting her friends or somebody with the way that I was carrying on with my life with everything's okay. Like, Take a risk. You want to anytime, anytime, anyone. I'm sure you're the same way. When someone's like, "I want to start a business," you're like, "Go do it!" Right? <laughs> I bet you support them. I like to talk it through a little. Yeah, <laughs> but at least, at least you tell them it's you know, so, that's not how everybody lives. I didn't realize that there's a group of people who hang out together sometimes in the world who keep each other down. Yeah, they really mm-hmm. do. They go, Misery "Oh, loves you, you don't want to do that." Then if you go, why? They don't really have an answer. Like, well, you don't want to. You can't do that. I, I I went 40 years without ever being around them. And when I was 40, I was around them. You're going to run into all kinds. And it doesn't really matter what they think you can do. It's, ne- I, it's never about what anybody else thinks you can do. But you know do. how we're the center, often, of the party? Mm-hmm. It does. It, I've been doing that since I was five. I incidentally call it codependent or needy, whatever that is. I incidentally do believe I'm supposed to do sometimes what others think I can do. I don't think I do it every day, every minute, but it is part of my skill set. I can read a room and make it go any way I want. Say I can make you cry, I can make you dance. I can tell I know that feeling. So I'm reading rooms at all times, but if those rooms are asking me to withdraw or hurt myself in a way or become mm. smaller, yeah. I incidentally followed the path and I regretted it. And I love these people. The, the weird thing is I love all these people, but I don't think they really like me. <laughs> well, then just step away. You don't want right. to be around. You want to be around the people who want to be around you. Right. So I can't tell who they are. <laughs> well, I mean, there's no one right now because you're not allowed to go anywhere and hang out. COVID's well, keeping them away. Yeah. But I mean, I think everything is going to start looking up soon. I mean, I, I honestly, if it doesn't open up here soon, I think I'm just going to go down to Florida until, you know, we do open up. You just have to have a plan. And if the plan involves, you know, getting the hell out of here, then get the hell out of here. You right. know, I mean. You know, I've been doing stuff. I've been talking to 30-somethings. They're, the, they're a good um, customer, client of the bars, the 25 to 35-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And I said, guys, you know, I taught so many. I'm like, can you tell me, tell me what you think? My projection is that this summer, you guys are going to go nuts. You're not going to be able to take this anymore as a young person. You're going to wear your mask or not wear your mask. But you're going to go out and you're going to gather and do and almost push the envelope a little bit, right? With 40 of you in the backyard. They're like, they're all saying, yeah. They're all, now they might be talking out of their nose, but they're all going, yeah, we, we, we want, we can't do this. Young people are especially, you know, the younger you go, the more you're going to see this is really uh, impacted mental health. Oh, yeah. The boys in school, the, the, the eight to 12 year old boys are, more suicidal in the history of America than we've ever seen. And in Japan, more women have killed themselves this year than the history of their country. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I find that more scary than COVID. But I guess, no, I think maybe that's a fool's game. Well, I, I find say, that to be scary. Well, it's definitely scary when people are offing themselves in large numbers. But... I would say this is kind of a survival of the fittest, whether it's your health or whether it's your mental health. Right. And some of us are going to make it and some of us aren't. 
And that's going to be for the rest of our lives, you know. There's going right. to be moments that crush us and we're not going to want to live anymore. But if we do, then we'll come back and kill it and help other people. Right. But um, these ebbs and flows of, you know, wanting to live and not wanting to live and sickness and health and happiness and sadness, I just think that's what being a human being is. Mm-hmm. So to sit here and think I need to medicate or right. I need uh, I need to kill myself, I think those are extremes. I think... Right. Being human means feeling all these different emotions, and sometimes they're going to be out of control. I I remember, I think months (laughs) went by last year, and all I wore were pajamas, and I barely showered, and I was smelly, and Mm -hmm. I could care less. And to be honest with you, I didn't want to spend one second in a video podcast or in the public eye or doing anything, really, Um I wanted to be alone and I wanted to be dirty and smelly and kind of just like reclusive because that's, you know, when you have everything kind of taken away, I was crushed financially and, you know, I I mentally was like, you know, you feel screwed. So it puts you in a state of, you know, fear and then it just spirals downward. So you got to start with the things you can control and then go from there. So when things are out of control, you just, I, like for me, I had to look around and I recently moved mm-hmm. because I needed to be in an environment where I'm more in control Okay. because I was spiraling because of what other people were doing and sure. I can't control them no matter right. what I, no, like everybody's had roommates or family or mm-hmm. kids, whatever. And at some point it just becomes non-harmonious anymore, right? So... Mm-hmm. Even with me just removing myself from the situation, I feel I've go ahead and just like upped my whole mood now because things are a little bit more in my control Mm -hmm. in my life. Not everything, but just my living situation. And that's changed how confused I feel all day long and, you know, some of the clutter in my brain. Congratulations. You deserve a little good job. I mean, it was a big freaking deal. It really was. It, It was, you know. But you can't be scared to take those steps. Do you want to keep living? I had to decide, do I want to keep living in this depressed manner, crying every day, sad every day, sleeping my life away? Or do I want to live my life again? Right. So I want so to live life. That's good. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm similar. I think I'm, I'm in that. Um, I do take risks. I do up and leave. I went to Cali. I do try stuff. It's, it's really... Um, aggravating as you take the big risks and you and then you um it doesn't work you know mm-hmm. i mean i was i was proud of myself i can't lie i was you know my dad went from italy to america so i'm like greg you can go from connecticut to california hello you know <laughs> so i went there and then it was rocking man i was doing it i was like i went there with playing in mind and i knew that if i was in the bay i'd be very close to famous people I was one degree of separation from, you know, Carlos Santana and uh, the Bob Marley's family and all this stuff. And it started working. And because I play the Hammond organ and I sing, it's a unique kind of thing. So you can get attention quicker than the guitarist, say. And here I am, made my debut in San Francisco where people will play for free and not get paid. So they, pay, they paid me and I, it started to really work. And then, and I was proud of myself you know, a couple, three, maybe three, four, five hundred bucks a week, maybe cash. And you're like, wow, uh, singing and playing. Remember, it's not it's not the stock market. And, you know, wow, I can really do it. Um, and then I had a gig with Rod Stewart's band ready to go in August. And COVID 
come down. And and so I, I licked my wounds and I came back home, which might have been a mistake, but the weather alone was a mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you that um, I have to do it again. I could feel it. I have to. I have to push again because God made it snow a lot so that I wouldn't stay here. I don't like this feeling. It's pretty, but it's like you said, it stops you from living. You said it a little bit earlier, I think off the air. It can stop you from, you know, just in Cali stuff and you probably, probably Florida too, but you live outside and inside all day long. You don't, there's no real difference and Cali's real moderate. So there's no bugs either. So you could you could buy a brand new coat. Well, Connecticut people don't believe this. You could buy a brand new coat in California and leave it outside on your chair from say April to October, and pick it up and put it on. There won't even be a bug in it. That's weird. It's this. It's amazing. That's how awesome it is. So I love that world. I got a lot thinner. I was moving around a lot and living free, and then you know, and then I got that isolation feeling and I came home. That's what I hate about being isolated also is that you just sit in the house and gain weight. I don't understand how people don't gain weight in the winter. I know it's it's good for, <laughs> you know, keeping you a little bit warmer and stuff, but every winter in Connecticut, it's like we gain weight, then we have to lose it. Gain mm-hmm. weight, then we right. have to lose it. We have to have two or three different wardrobes. We got to have weather wardrobes. We have to have size wardrobes. And then I'm just thinking in Florida, you just need to, you know, a little bit of something for when it's cool and then... You don't need snow gear. You don't need heavy jackets, you know. I do want to simplify life and move to Florida eventually. And I keep, I've been talking about it for years. And my whole plan unraveled. So I'm making a new one. Yeah, good. And uh, I'll get there eventually, even if it's, you know, as a snowbird. Um, But is it, when you say it's open, because this is now, I mean, I've never thought this way. I don't even know politically where I stand most of the time. I think I'm in the center. I seem to be in the center, according to most arguments. But um, I now feel like I want to go to, I guess they call them red states or whatever states are open and more into freedom than mm. safety because I'd prefer to handle my own safety so that I could live the way I'm most inclined, inclined to live. That's not to offend anyone, but and uh, California, not good. Not very, yet. very militant. I mean, they in Santa Cruz, they sat six teenagers down and gave them all a $1,000 fine back in the day. You're talking like your money's going to come from for finding people. We don't even have jobs. We're 16 years old. (laughs) They're 16. They each got a thousand. I was heartbroken for these kids. That's a terrifying amount of money, and uh, and so there's a militant style in Cali. It's kind of scary, and Connecticut's a little bit whatever. It's a little stuffy with the rules. That's why when you say Florida was happening. Can you describe it a little yeah. bit? Is I it a dream? I see my friends are DJing down there. Clubs are open. They're on boats. There's the no people snow. people have masks on? No. I mean, well, really? okay, so I would say that the tourists, because when I was down there in December, tourists were wearing masks. Okay. Like what <clears throat> Not area? everybody. What area were you I in? Went every, I went through the whole state. Really? <laughs> I, I went uh, east coast, west coast, middle state, and south. So I was safe. I saw one person here, one person there. I didn't go into any big crowds. But I got on a cruise. I went on a boat, um, and I saw a music act. And no, How many people were on the boat? Um, Would you call it half full, three quarters full? It wasn't a large ship or anything. And they, you know, they had the, the tables weren't really socially distanced, but 
they wanted you to have a mask on at your seat, but obviously you're sitting there drinking, so mm-hmm. you're not really wearing your masks. Uh, they you had your mask on in line if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I I just can't breathe, so I just pulled me down neither. under my nose. I'm you glad know. to hear that. I thought it was only me. Can't, no. I can't breathe with it. Well, I had issues way before COVID, so I don't want to hear anybody tell me I can breathe when I'm on like prescriptions for breathing. Like, right. just don't. We're not all in the same freaking boat, so. I pull my little mask down a little bit and I breathe my air and nobody says anything. And then uh, you really just, for people who are scared, want to have a mask on when you're close to other people. Mm. But for the most part, I don't understand the mask out in the fresh air. Right. Um, We need fresh air as far as I've been taught my whole life. Unmasked fresh air. Yeah, so... I, I don't well, want to get into the big debate about whether or not you're yeah. constricting oxygen and whether or not you really can breathe or you can't breathe. Everybody's freaking different. But but I want to be where you don't have to wear one. You were on a boat, so that is the most conf- – that's why I'm at. That's a very confined place. So they took some extra precaution in Florida, which that's what I'm asking is it because it's – they think of it as a vessel. It's enclosed, and mm. it's – so that's good. So they went to the point where they did ask you to wear a mask and – but what about like were were you at a bar or a restaurant or a what what was happening there same or less Yeah, I think some places have the mat put your mask on when you walk in. Um Yeah, like here. Yeah, but not everybody does it and I think it's mostly tourists. Right. And to be honest with you, I'm happy when people have masks on cuz I don't want their germs. Right. Somebody was talking to me and they spit and I saw it go <laughs> and land on my mask. So at the time when I was wearing it, so I was like, thank God I had that on because right. ew. Right, true. Um, but prior to that, I mean, we work with microphones and oh. singers and people talking in close right. proximity and spitting on us. Germs and uh, everybody, ah, uh, they get in the microphone. Oh, I'm just getting over being sick. Yeah. One of my favorites right before they sing. <laughs> I just got over bronchitis. <laughs> um, so honestly, I think that the reason I haven't been sick all year is because I've got a really good immune system right. because of my job. That's right. Now, take me out of that environment. Am I going to get sick now? Yes, because now I haven't been around anybody for a freaking year. And when they spit on me and spit on my mic or whatever, you know, I might get sick, but I don't care. And I'm not playing the blame game. Yeah. Who got me sick and right. everybody in the world go out and wear a mask. That's not my perspective. You don't want to trace it back to where they... I, no, I honestly don't. You don't have the tracing thing on your phone? I have not had one COVID test. I've had plenty of people ask me to get one because I traveled. And uh, I said, as soon as I have some symptoms and I feel like I, I maybe have COVID, I'm just going to isolate. Right. I, I don't feel like I need to go get a test and verify if I have it or don't have it. Right. Um, they didn't go out and check anybody for whether they had it or not. You know what I mean? They didn't, so they don't know who has antibodies and who doesn't. Even when you get vaccinated, you're not guaranteed to not wear a mask or not have to socially distance. So none of it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. And I don't care. I want to be where I can work because in my life, if it makes me selfish to want to pay my own bills, uh, and eat and have rent, then I'm selfish. Call right. me whatever you want, but you nobody's monster. offering to do it for me. That's what I'm trying. You know, that's why I'm so confused, Steph. Are we moving into like a socialist, whatever you forget the words? Are we moving into a world right now with 30 to 40 million unemployed people, where there's no end in sight? They're not saying it. It's they're not saying we'll be open in da 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 or all da da da. I know a lot of restaurant owners. I I'll, let me tell you this two minute story. New Britain, my hometown. You, you weren't far from there, I don't think. 
There's a Puerto Rican restaurant that I walk on water. That's Corlissimo. Oh, I, I love you, Corlissimo. I love you, Brenda. I love you. <laughs> I love your food. I can't speak Spanish, but I would try right now if I could. <laughs> Brenda, you're amazing. We be in. We be in. Habichuelas arroz amarillo. So Brenda opened this up probably 20 years ago, maybe. She was alone. Uh, little lady. You know, I love little ladies. <laughs> Hardworking woman. And the other day I went in there about two weeks ago, and the line was over over the top, which is normal for them, but it was slow. And I was like, hmm, Brenda must not be here. So I cut everybody just to get, wonder what's going on because it was really slow. And there was Brenda all alone. Oh, no. And she said, nobody wants to come back to work because the unemployment's better. And my heart broke for her. This is a hardworking business owner mm. who put a business in a, in a rough part of town, who made it popular. People protect it. They love it. Her food is slamming. Oh, it's so good. I, so, and there she was with this kind of like, you know, I kind of, my heart broke for her. And I guess I'm asking you your projection. Where do you think we're going? Are they going to send us $800 a week in order to survive? And I wish. Or how oh do they, God. I can't tell how to do this. How do you? I don't think they're opening anytime soon with everything with no restrictions. I think they're going to continue to wield some kind of power over us now that they have it. I mean, that's what I believe too. I don't think you get power just to give it back. I see. That's you know, Steph. I know you don't. I don't want to open it up too much, but I, it's what I'm telling you is this is a move of control, and it's not just a virus. It's a move of power. It's a power move. It's if you understand psychopathy and all the dark stuff that humans can do to people, grooming and all the gross stuff that goes with that. Ooh. This is what you're seeing. I think that what should be an eye opener if we want to get into grooming is I was just listening to uh, the Marilyn Manson story. Right, right. And uh, I think Evan, is her name I don't Evan? know her. I can't say her name. Well, his girlfriend said she, well, not her, his girlfriend, whoever she is, his ex, said she was groomed mm -hmm. and then there was rituals and torture. And this is like a, you know, somebody who's in the public eye who didn't give a shit if he was ever going to be exposed or not. And right. now... All of those people like him who have been protected all of this time. I don't understand why it's so hard for people to see what, in that one instance, how that can't be widespread. Like when the uh, whole pedophile thing was called right. a conspiracy theory. Right. It just makes people think that they haven't done enough research. Because, what, do you, what do you mean? Um, well, they wanted to call. I have a friend who's running a. Um, a protect the children thing like save sure. the children and yeah. she's got like this whole uh, get together she does in new york and then people started to say that's just a conspiracy it's QAnon. No, 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 no. um but that that's makes, crazy there's like a whole operation underground that's railroad right. and there are and president trump <clears throat> and i'm not one that voted <clears throat> excuse me but when i saw at least at least two things i can say he didn't start any wars that i know of Although right. I, I beg to, uh, some people will beg to differ because I saw that they said he started all kinds of things um, that I'm, maybe I'm unaware of. But well, they'll I also say he started a, the dis, dis, dissidents in our country. He didn't start. That was already there. I'm just, I'm just the I, I want to say that. Are we going to go down that road? No, Let's open that door. Second no, act. Second I don't want to talk about Trump too much, but right. what he also did was bring attention. Him and his daughter brought mm -hmm. attention to all of the, the pedophilia. Right. Now, that's tied into some Democratic laptops belonging to particular persons yeah. who are in power. So they're, that's who a, I didn't vote for. Uh, no, I didn't I'm literally, I, uh, 
all I want to say about certain people is I used to think the Republicans were evil and right. then you see that certain Democrats are evil. So I always ran the the independent road. Sure. Um, and, you, you know, you you've, nobody ever votes for them. So it's like I just kind of watch both sides and I mm-hmm. walk down that middle line and I see the evil on both sides. But when you look at children and you can see pictures being shared of kids in boxes and kids mm-hmm. with duct tape and they're being shipped and they're right. being used and... How do you not, I know it's a disgusting thought and I know that it hurts and I know that to pay too much attention to it could really make you depressed. That's exactly um, right. You're saying all the right stuff. Can't sweep it under the rug. Right. So I just want to say that when you have these celebrities coming out saying, look, I was abused. Just, I want people to open their eyes. If this celebrity was manipulated, tortured, abused, and she was about 18, I think she said when she met him, a little I bit don't younger. I know the story well, sorry. I, I just caught it like over the last few days. That's not the same as child trafficking per se. No. But the, the level of manipulation, the level of right. deceit, the level of evil just needs to be acknowledged because it is there. Even it is. though we don't want to see it. We want to live in our bubbles. It's very, Steph, it's so real. I've witnessed it. Remember, I work with kids my whole life. I live in the, near the Berlin Turnpike. Yeah, well, there's a whole different, yeah. that's a, that's a right international there. point of trafficking. It's yeah. known internationally. So Berlin I don't want to hear that it's a conspiracy. Well, what I don't like is that they, the word grooming, to me, see, as a, as a kid professional, I can sense grooming at all times. And as a guy, as a big dude, um, I have had to, in my days, um, confront without it being either legal or on paper, just little things here and there that I could tell were wrong. Mm. Now, I trusted these instincts all the time because I had nothing to lose. I'm making $30,000 a year. This little girl, I have so many stories. No one wants to hear them. But I knew what I was doing. I, it's a, I can't say, I, I think it's a male thing, especially the protector thing comes out and you just know that innocent something is, something is yeah. wrong. And they tell you that what you learn about um, victims is that they can, they'll protect at all costs however they need to because of the fear. And then you start to realize grooming is happening with money. Anytime there's large amounts of money, you, you don't have this. If it's, a, if it's a single mom or dad, whoever has the money, that power is, is yielded sometimes with grooming. Mm-hmm. Like you better not, not, not every single person, but I've caught this so many times. I could even tell when an adult female or male has been groomed when they're 50 or 60 years old. They have a response and a terrifying response to the groomer. Now that is connected to molestation and all these horrible things. But grooming alone should be a fucking crime. Because I know when you're doing it, and my father gave me this awesome power to live free and to fight and to never let. He, he, even if my, this is a sin, but even if my mom tried to control me too much, like, Gregory, you can't go out wearing that. Look at what, you know, he'd say, hey, Ginger, don't, don't mess with him. Because what you'll do is you'll scare him, Ginger. Now, he, he overdid it. She should have, I probably shouldn't have went out with zebra striped pants, and, <laughs> but I did. And, and so he would kind of, because he was under that Mussolini spell, which is all grooming, f- hearing propaganda, Hitler and Mussolini. So he taught us, don't you follow anybody. Anyone who's repeatedly telling you something to do, by the time they say it three times, you know how you feel and don't do it unless you, unless you love it. This was taught to me. So grooming jumps out at me. I taught with the opposite of grooming, which is like, 
I hope you like me, everyone. I really do. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not in charge because I'm the teacher. I'm in charge because I'm 30 and you're 12, and I yeah. gotta make sure you don't die. But within months, they're like, he's cool, and then they followed me. I never was like, you better do Dictator. what I said. Never, yeah. never. Grooming is real, and it, and when the reason why you know it's real is Manson probably made some money, which always ignites their ego to a point at some point in their life where they go. Hey, will you do this? And an innocent little girl who's 18, maybe she doesn't have a lot of future ahead of her. Maybe she's scared. This could be her life. This could, She's going to conform and not know why. And this is a constant pattern in sex trafficking and uh, abuse and relationship. I can't. Grooming to me is the sickest thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't even know how to fight it, but I fight it. I make a lot of enemies because I go... I know what you're up to. I'm on to you, bro. I'm on yeah, to you. That's sick. And I'll tell the girl or the guy or the child and I'll be like, go be free. Go get a job and never call this motherfucker again. <laughs> that's what I do. I've done that 150 times. Now, this guy wants to kill me. You understand? That's what happened in a way to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are you doing? Oh, no, 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 no. Right. That's what happened. Grooming, you can tell the way I'm talking about it. It, it rages me because it is the opposite of this country and our freedoms and sorry i get a little bit <laughs> i mean i just can't stand it no but, i think that's why we don't really talk too much politics when you own your own business is because there really isn't a, a way to please everybody and when you own your own business you really want everybody to like you, you the doors are open and nothing matter i i mean i've seen some people say that i'm not gonna hire this business because uh, I know they support Trump or this right, person supports correct, right. Biden. And I'd never in my life hired somebody based on their political opinions. I didn't go to a hairdresser because of her, her, who she voted for. You know what I mean? So all these new thoughts all of a sudden that are coming about. Strange to me. It, it really is. And that's why just getting back to um, like a friend of mine who owns his own business, who's now kind of doing the political stuff. I I love watching him be the voice of everything because when when I tried to be the voice saying th- certain things, I couldn't take the anxiety that came from being attacked online right. from yeah. all the different sides. Because Even a few years ago? You mean like a few years ago you couldn't Oh, yeah, take yeah. It? So, I mean, t- just uh, 10 years ago, oh, my son's 10 now, so he's unvaccinated. Okay. And that's not because <gasps> I'm... A crazy anti-vaxxer. A crazy anti-vaxxer. And I've been called that in many other names. And um, I just had a personal experience with my older son with vaccines. Mm. So my research, my experience, my choice. Now, I'm I'm educated. I, I love to learn stuff. So on my own, I went and I made sure when I went to the library to get books that I got books both on things that I would agree with and things that I wouldn't agree with. So basically both sides and made sure they're written by good authors and make sure when I'm making my decision, it's based on all the information. So, I mean, I think that's how you should make decisions anyway. But for my son's health, because I knew I was going to be attacked not only by the doctor, but the schools, other parents, and I had to stand my ground because I just, in my conscience and my whole body and soul and everything I am, can't inject that into my kid with a good conscience. So I'm not going to. Now, I don't think that it's okay to bash me and call me stupid, call me uninformed, call me all these things because I have an opinion and made a decision when that's what 
parents do on a regular basis every single day. We don't ask the world what we should do before we feed our kids or discipline our kids. We do what we think is best. But so. what I learned, Steph, is they have to diminish you in order to make themselves feel better. It takes a long time to understand that. And it's not, you know, it doesn't work in real time. When you get diminished online publicly, you don't have the saint and you're like, oh, they're just hurting. It sucks because you're embarrassed and you're like, oh, God, look at this. The, you know what sucks about it the most? The third party doesn't even know the depths that you and this other person have. And the third party just reads, Steph doesn't vaccinate or whatever right. the word is. And then that's what's so unnatural about social media. So you must be a huge fan of the cancel culture. <laughs> oh, I hate I hate it because it I doesn't give anybody it. a chance to make a mistake. Things that I've said five years ago, I don't want brought up today. No. I don't even feel the same way about certain things that I did five years ago. So when it comes to cancel culture, I, I just ha I am always going to be of the opinion to each his own or her own. Let everyone... If if you don't like it, don't look at it. If you don't want to, if you don't agree with it, don't do it. You know what I mean? This Just is I've been arguing this for a long time. I was I've been canceled in a few ways and kind of here and there. The first time I ever felt it was when the internet first came out, and there was something called RateMyTeachers.com, and it got a chance for anonymous students to talk trash about their teachers. This I was like 27, 28. I mean, I'm not even done growing yet, and. The kids could go online and, and MF you to death mm -hmm. and say, now, luckily, I was a cool teacher. I don't remember being traumatized by what they wrote. But that was the beginning of me going, oh, my God, there's another world, Cyberland, mm -hmm. in which people will decide your fate. That has nothing to do with real land. It's like Black Mirror. Oh, it's like, I'm like, that's awful. And that, I've never really, I don't like that world, to tell you the truth. I'm. I dream of having enough money where I could throw all that stuff away and find an awesome girl and live, you know, without electronics controlling us and be in the moment. But you make your money. You got to connect. That's why I'm, I'm really shooting for $10 million because that'll be all I need <laughs> to take those things and throw them away and say, call me on my house phone or, or you know, you know, because I really don't like them. I mean, they hurt me more than they help me. But cancel culture is just is a, it, you know, and I think I don't want to sound too sexist, but. They really do shoot more at men. They love canceling men, whatever that is, because men are whatever we are, and we act in this, the ways that we've been acting for thousands of years. Some men should be canceled. I mean, Harvey Weinstein, is that a, I mean, that's an evil man who hurts people. And then there's the what no one wants to talk about is the young girl who wants to see her power to see what she can do, because I don't believe Johnny Depp should have been affected at all. Johnny Depp was attacked by a woman who's, more violent than he is. But you can't say that because people fear the male voice being, you don't want to see Johnny Depp be a jerk. Yeah. But but no one wants to talk about the realities of female violence, which is 45% of all domestic violence, the female strikes the male. Can't talk about it because power women, I, see, I don't believe in any of that. I love truth. I love facts. Once you understand this, you can allow a woman to be herself. She could be angry, happy, full of shit, full of knowledge. She's not, it's awesome when you accept it. When you try to control them, because men always do, you say, no, she's a victim. I can't stand that. I just don't. I know they've been victimized, and they are victims, and they've been suppressed. But in 2020, any man under 50 who isn't swinging on a girl or who isn't really a really bad person did not do bad things to girls. We're innocent. We're the guys that grew up with you in the playground. We're like, hey, we really like, we want to date the hell out of you. But there's this thing where some of these girls are going, that's him. I'm going to. 
And some of the girls aren't strong enough to go, listen to yourself. That guy didn't do anything to you. They don't want to be that person who says, you're going to hurt this pizza shop owner because he had an affair with your aunt 25 years ago. Your aunt was in it too. Right. And now their kids are going to not go to college. I'm taking them down. Like, wow. Well, I think I, I noticed I the cancel culture with that when Roseanne got canceled. That was, yeah. And it was like, Can you remind me what happened? Oh, she shit. said something, She said right? something that was... Uh, is I guess it racist. It was it was racist, but she said she took an Ambien. It doesn't really matter what the excuse was. She said something about a black woman and and, and a monkey, like re- referring she, to she, okay. She said she, something uh, about a monkey. Probably she looks like a monkey. Yeah. No, you know what? I it don't think it was that direct. I think you. I think it, it was indirect. But go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, she didn't say the woman's name, but she said something derogatory about this woman and, and race, and then. In order for the station to keep all their viewers, they hurried up and like got rid of her. Right. But I don't think that deleting somebody from their own show, you know, is the right way to. Why didn't they just have a conversation? Well, they why don't... can't people sit down and talk anymore? Why do you have to cancel them? Why don't you just sit down and hear where they were coming from? Maybe just. I mean, I think that deserving of an interview is the least you can do if you're going to cancel their entire career. I agree more than you could possibly imagine. I I, I agree so much because um, where what they're doing is money, though. See, what they're completely going to watch, excuse me, what they're watching is, and they have all the metrics and machines doing this. Roseanne says something bad. They watch social media, websites, hits, this. And their computer is spitting out the like insurance probability. What's the probability that a 40-something-year-old female will get in an accident? Here it is. Charge her this much a year. They have the same thing for their industry. So they go, 20 million people here believe it, 10 million there. What's, okay, okay, what can we do to get back the money? Crucify her. She's gone. She did. Now imagine she gave you, probably through her talent, this whole idea her raspy, dumbass, angry mm-hmm. voice, this whole thing. She got all these people jobs, John, and they would never be there if it wasn't for right. her. And they crucify the moneymaker who has then taken a dip and caused the money to di- Instead of doing what I think you're saying, if you just talk to her, be like, Roseanne. And she'd be like, because uh, I've done it. I do it all the time. I think I just did it just now. I'm sure I <laughs> said something in the last hour that could be used. But, See, he doesn't like that. He doesn't. But instead of going... We, we must say billions of words in our life, billions. How the hell can you hold us accountable for every single word all the time if you're not going to do it to yourself? And that's yeah. the tragic thing. I think, I think Roseanne was a great example, Steph. I didn't think about that. Well, one. now there's a new guy who's a country singer who used the N-word, and they caught him, and they, they canceled everything. They pulled his music offline. They canceled his tour, his sponsorships, everything. Now... Was he a drunk idiot for saying that? Absolutely. Right. Um, but I, I honestly feel like you aren't even allowed to have a personal life anymore when you're a celebrity, and you're. It's not a celebrity. I mean, Steph, I've been. I'm not a celebrity. I've been harassed. That's why, again, I honestly could care less what anybody does with their body. Right. Right. With this whole like. The whole gender thing that they're trying to do in the bathroom thing, that's just like, I can't even understand the level of where we're going in on this earth with stupidity. Like, can't you just call a bathroom a bathroom and put some fucking toilets in it and like 
I don't know, just make it unisex. Who you mean, cares? You mean, why, why Put do some we, doors up. Why do we mix gender and sex? Is that what well, Yeah, I mean, I don't understand, like, if I somebody has to pee, how that becomes sexualized and how somebody's going to get raped in a bathroom because they have to pee. Right. Like, you... Maybe I guess men's bathrooms are different and there's some like glory holes and stuff that men do different things in different <laughs> bathrooms that women don't have anything to do with because we're just we're in the bathroom to pee or do our makeup. But um, I think that like you're saying, men are kind of just more sexual. Keep it out of the freaking restrooms and let people pee. I'm just at the point right. now where I don't want to I don't care what your gender is. I don't care what your sexuality is. I care if you're a good person or not, and right. if you're judging everybody based on their religion, their politics, their sex, their gender, right. like, you're not my kind of people. I just want to live. I don't want to worry and break everybody down into what they are and what they think in order for me to like them. Right. Uh, I just want to feel a vibe, and if I feel like a good vibe coming off of somebody, then cool, let's hang around with each other. But if not, I'm at the point where I don't want anybody around who I'm not vibing with. Right. And... um. I, I kind of find that for me, the people in bars that I was around, like working around, um, I love going to the, the bar with my friend every now and then, but I don't see myself as like, uh, I don't see myself becoming really like close friends with people whose goals are to hang out in bars all the time. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's a younger thing. When you don't get beyond right. it, 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 limit, it kind of it stifles most of it. Mm -hmm. We all have done that in our 20s and realized now I need to not go to bars all the time unless you're working well i kind of it's the mentality of be around you know four other successful people and be the fifth one yourself right um and surround yourself with who you want to be and just i i think my mentality is i, I want to be a, a different kind of person than somebody who has no goals nothing to do i'm just hanging out living life before i die right. like i, I want to accomplish something while i'm here Me i don't too. know what it is yet but yeah um I want to surround myself, I guess, with people who have goals and dreams and visions and motivation to get these things done because there's enough people sitting around complaining. There's literally millions, and, and, and I don't want to be one of them. And the internet is just getting crazier, man. It's just, it makes me go like, okay, I still go back to Facebook. I go back. I'm addicted or whatever it is. I'm conditioned to want to be part of a society because I'm not part of a society alone in this mm. snow-filled house. So I'm, you know, I'm guilty as charged, but there is, there's just something, something is very, very awry, very, very off in, in the big picture of, of communication among our citizens and uh, whoever, you know, and, and you get kind of pissed because you know that whoever has the power is inventing the, the, the narrative. Mm. So that the, you know, when they put, if you own a news station, you're deciding what to put on the news. If you own Facebook, you, people don't realize, like when we were kids, it was way more equal. It was way more vague. It was still controlled, but we either had a newspaper, a radio, or a television. And so with that, we, you know, we kind of went from there. But, um, well, anyway, it's, uh, we could keep on talking and talking. I think we went talking. all over the place. We did. We, we didn't have a itinerary. That's right. Yeah, we don't, who likes that? There's no structure. So, um... As you, uh, let me just check out something real quick. I'm going to, um, we're going to have to let Steph go. She's got a little bit of a drive ahead of her. So, Steph, I want to thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, having me. It was me. a lot of fun. You're welcome back anytime. And uh, I guess we'll say goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, this was Miss Stephanie Rifkin. Uh, you, you'll find her, uh, you'll also know her as Stephanie Stardust. And uh, check her out online. Do you have a website or a, a yep. Facebook? Uh, Facebook and website are Royal Beats DJs. 
And my Instagram is DJ Stephanie Stardust. And that's everything. Very cool. Hey, yeah. thanks for coming by. We're happy Absolutely. to. I'm so. I'm so happy to finally meet you. Yeah, nice meeting you too. And you guys didn't hear the bear story. That'll be our next another one. time. <laughs> so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the um, New World Podcast. I am Greg Colossal, and I'm going to say, have a wonderful day out there. Careful of the snow. Thanks again, Steph. Thank you.